What's up, everybody? We are back. Happy Fourth of July weekend. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by the CinematicReal.com. I am your host, David. I am joined with today, Mr. Jack Renault, after finishing a long shift at the movie theater, huh? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, people were, you know, people were underestimating the power of Indiana Jones fans in the box office, but I can hereby confirm Ooh. that they came out. There's definitely a big love for this movie in... The older demographics, that's for sure. But regardless, I'm here to discuss my love for another Spielberg-started franchise here today. Yes, and returning after a few weeks, Mr. Hunter Friesen. Welcome back, sir. Yeah, I was joking before we start. I'm the Kawhi Leonard of this podcast. Got to put me on load management here. I need to be have some proper rest. And I was pissed last week that I missed 1993. But we're still in the, that year with this one, so I'm okay. <laughs> so my, yes, my, my complaints and all the stuff I can talk about that Oscar year are still relevant. Don't worry. And we and don't worry, we don't we won't trade you to Toronto like the Spurs did. Oh, uh, that's true. You could. I mean, Toronto's kind of. I'll, you could trade me for that week during the festival and trade me back. That is true. True that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, today we're going to cover the 30th anniversary of one of Spielberg's best movies, one of my favorite Spielberg movies, Jurassic Park. Um, a lot to cover there. Before we get into that, let's get into some of the news of the week. A few weeks ago, we covered Superman 78. Uh, this news makes me quite happy. This is the first time I'm actually really excited for a Superman movie in, well... As long as I've actually been alive, yeah. that a release has come. Mm. I've, this is the first time. Uh, so we got David Cornsweat and Rachel Brosnahan cast as Superman and Lois Lane. Uh, Cornsweat has been my guy, like my pick since they has been rumored for it. Uh, I've liked everything he's been in. He's been uh, Ryan Murphy productions he was the lead in uh, netflix series hollywood which you know it's about old hollywood uh, some people may not like it i thought it was very good and i thought he was excellent in it uh rachel brosnan everyone knows who she is from marvelous mrs mazel uh i think they hit a home run with the casting personally uh i'll bring this second piece of news in it so we could just discuss it all together the Scarsgar brothers are in talks or in the final discussion for Lex Luthor. After seeing John Wick Four, I kind of hope it's Bill. Uh, so we'll kick it off there. Jack, thoughts overall on the whole cast? Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of both castings, uh, especially with the. I'm pretty sure it was kind of announced, but Corn Sweat said that he wants to take his Superman, you know, kind of back more towards that, you know, good mentality of just being like a all-out like good superhero. Um, so I definitely like that idea. I like what they did with like Man of Steel and everything, and they added some grit and some complexity to Superman. But I always kind of just like we talked about this on the Christopher Reeve. I always liked him just being like the inhibitor of all things good. Uh, and then for the Skarsgård brothers, yeah, I'd probably say maybe lean toward. I'd lean towards Bill. Uh, although if they mm. did say Alex Alexander, I would still be very happy. But I mean, we obviously saw what he did with Pennywise. He definitely has that kind of unhinged energy. And I still think he could bring, like, the cold calculating side to Lex Luthor as well alongside that. And Hunter, 
any little at all? No. No, maybe? I when I hear more Superman reboots and then Batman <laughs> Brave and the Bold, another one, I'm like, I just don't care anymore at this point, really, for most of the stuff. So, but you know, I'm fine with it. Uh, obviously, it's we don't a good have, cast. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yes. Uh, uh, you know, like you had Alex on last week. Him and I sat literally two feet away from the sky at TIFF for the Pearl movie, and then <laughs> I can attest he's a good-looking dude. So. See why oh yeah, he's beautiful to look oh, at. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he sat down next to us. It's like, wow, I look even worse than I usually do now. This is not a good way for me. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, is what comes out what two years from now. So, I mean, I'll see it. Yeah, twenty twenty-five. I I I will anyway, but I'm not going to say I'm excited for it. And I I I, I, um, I hope it'd be Alex that's for Lex Luthor. I don't when I watch like the Marquee from John Wick or Pennywise, that doesn't tell me Lex Luthor. But obviously he's a good actor, so he'll do it. He'll do both. Will do it well anyway. I'm not gonna say they got the wrong man if they choose him. Yeah, I agree. I guess I just look at we look at Gene Hackman, and he doesn't really scream Lex Luthor, and I think he did a good job. And I think Bill just plays a very good villain, mm-hmm. and he can do different things. Like obviously Pennywise is different, and then the Marquis is something different. So I, I think he has the range. I think Alexander has that too. But I I just kind of want to see bill take it but like you both said either way i'm happy for it um this fun fact as a horror guru this is the third superman that also stars in a bad horror movie can you guess what other two superman stars in a bad horror movie doesn't chris reeve in the omen isn't he in the Omen? No. Oh, okay. I thought he was in the Omen. Maybe someone else. Well, David Cornswait's the only one that's in a good one. Oh. I'll say that. Mm. Well, I know Henry Cowell's in a bad Joel Schumacher one. That's ink. In- I don't know what Schumacher one is, but that's not. He he is one of the choices. Yeah. So Christopher Reeve was in Village of the Damned. Mm. Children of the Damned, I'm sorry. The John Carpenter movie. And Henry Cavill was in one of the later Hellraiser movies, though, oh, direct to well, VOD. Oh, that would do it. Yeah. That would do it yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, very excited for that. Uh, next bit of you, Doom Part 2 trailer. Uh, Hunter's going to be either happy or I'm going to be very happy. It's either going to TIFF or and NIF, and the movie looks pretty damn great. Uh, any thoughts on the trailer at all? Uh, coming out. Uh, with a tra- new trailer like five weeks after the last one that's mm-hmm. a really weird thing to do <laughs> i was like this should be coming mm-hmm. out like late august but obviously get to see a little more of the christopher walken as the emperor and uh you get a little bit more of the plot of like what's actually happening uh, even though i've never read dune or really like have learned the story so i still don't really know how this is going to end which is at least exciting enough and yes if you want my honest and objective answer, it will not go to TIFF, but that's not what I want to say because I don't like that answer. I want, I do wonder if it's just going to skip everything. It could, or yeah, or, or be like closing night NIF. That would be, I would think, but Ooh, I, I don't know. That, that would be a fun one to go to. Yeah. Um, next bit of news. Uh, I'm just putting it out there just because I think it's going to be a very, very big popular netflix release uh seven husbands of evelyn hugo is going to be adapted for netflix uh i know a lot of people that are obsessed with the book like a lot of people like it's insanely popular uh like my my wife is uh, loves it all her 
friends love it. So I think this is just putting it out there. You be on the lookout for that. It may not be good adaptation, but I think it's going to be super popular. And everyone I've talked to hopes Jessica Chastain takes the the lead there uh, when we get there. Uh, all right, and that's all the news. I just want to finish off here. We're at the midpoint of 2023. Uh, is there any movies you want to throw out there as some of your favorites? Jack, uh, I know you probably haven't seen much because of the job. Yeah, job school, but, I mean, Asteroid City, obviously, the, the more I've pondered on it, the more I've kind of come around to it. I'm going to see it again this week. I think I know I have some off days. Uh so I'm excited going back to that. And honestly, Evil Dead Rise, like, I, I think... Uh, like to see yeah, that. like, I, I rewatched it on HBO Max kind of recently, and yeah, I think it's just completely tight and insanely fun. And we we talked about it earlier, but Alyssa, Alyssa Sutherland just, mm. on rewatch, just stay, is, is still so good. And I'm sure had an absolute blast with that role. Uh, but no, I think that could easily change, especially now here in what nineteen days, give or take. The question is, what movie of the two takes mm. it over? <laughs> so I can find. I can finally say I saw it, which is great. Uh, but I did. I didn't put it in my top ten. I know Hunter. You we share some, but is there anything else that you only want to highlight? Um, of the ones you probably don't share, I'm gonna guess. Uh, well, I know you, uh, Chevalier. You didn't like that one. <laughs> Too bad, too bad. No, unfortunately. Uh-huh. I don't think you were. I, yeah, you really shed a tear for not liking that movie, right? I was sad. Uh-huh. Well, it's still in the top four or, well, three, depending on if you count the, the ones that have actually been released. Uh, Ennis Main, which I still really love, actually, that came out in, like, March. Technically came out, but really didn't because no one saw it. It's, it's very much a... Uh, the... Abs, you know, this kind of abstract arty horror movies that I kind of liked. Uh, John Wick Four, I really like that one, and uh, Blackberry is the other one I love as well. And obviously, yeah, Asteroid City is number one for me. So, and I've seen it twice now. I went and saw it again last week and loved it even more. So, I I will give their uh, the horror movie you mentioned. Their publicity team is on point. They really hit my inbox over and over and over again to try to get me to see it. So I'm sure that a lot of people got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet you're not that. saying you watched it, though. So No, I did not see it. I don't imagine you uh, like, like it, so I'm okay with that. I Probably not. Um, what's the worst movie you've seen this year? Uh, worst movie is You People, the Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill movie. Ah, uh, yeah, that's in my, that's in my bottom that as one, well. That one, Big George Foreman, and Shazam 2. Uh, those, are, okay. those are the three worst. So, so you you kind of mentioned some of my faves. Uh, I I adored Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Uh, HCA actually, we nominated we uh, voted it the best film of the year so far, uh, along with Past Lives as the best screenplay. So that was fun to see. Uh, Past Lives, I just want everyone to see it. Mm-hmm. It's so damn good. I want to see it again soon, uh, just to see if it can pass Spider Man. Uh, Air, want to give some love to Air. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Uh, Bo's afraid because I I just want to. Hunter, you were big on it, right? You were I liked three it. and a half. It would have been like my honorable mentions for this for the mid year awards. So, yeah. And Sanctuary, uh, Sanctuary is so damn good. You did you see that at TIFF? No, I didn't. Nor have I seen okay. it yet. Yeah, I really really loved that one. 
worst of the year. Uh, it's not just one of the worst. Oh, it's not even the go. worst of the year. It's I, I, I'm going to save it for the end of the year, so I'm not going to get too into it. But I'll just say it's not just the worst movie of the year. It's not just the worst movie of the decade. It's not just the worst movie of the century I've seen so far. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, and that is Skinnamarink. Yep. Mm. Skinnamarink is fucking atrocious. It is... I, I, I've said this numerous times on repeat. Just I could just turn there on my, my daughter's in that <laughs> camera and just watch her, watch her go to sleep. It is atrocious. I... I, I it is. I spoke. I'm not going to name this person. He's kind of like a big like person in the, in like the critic circle that I've spoken to at New York screenings, and he kind of has the same thoughts as I did. It's it's what pretentious pretentious folk think real horror is. It's so it's just so bad. I'll talk about it at the end of the year. House Party is my number two worst movie of the year. Um, Paint is my number three worst movie of the year. Um, Children of the Corn. Uh, Detective Night, which is one of Bruce Bruce Willis's last movies. Oh, no, like well, yeah. I don't want to make fun yeah. of that. Then, uh, Hated Renfield. Mm, uh, yeah, that's fine. Hate and Hated Run Rabbit Run. Those are uh, <laughs> that one's I fucking, n- number six on I, mine. Uh, for worse, for worse. Oh, yeah, not best, not best. Don't worry. I didn't like that movie. That was a boring movie. That one, uh, Marlowe and The Flash are also at the bottom. Sorry. Okay, yeah, I remember. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, and some other Netflix. Oh, Palm Trees and Power Lines. I hate that movie. Oh. I saw it like two years ago. That's, I can't. That's a it. movie that I've seen four stars. And I've seen half stars on it. I'm like, what? What is yeah, it? I, and, and I don't care enough to investigate. So, yeah, I hate it. Oh, and then Maggie Moore is another one that I hated from. Uh, from I saw well, Rebecca. But yeah, it's yeah. it. It's been. Uh, 112 new movies so far this year, so we got a lot to go. So I'm, ha- I'm sure that I'm halfway there, and half of these are festival movies as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, things are going to pick up a lot in the next True. month or two. So, oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's everything uh, for the first half of the year. Jack, do you want to highlight anything you've watched this week outside of Jurassic Park? Uh, I had a couple Oscar-related rewatches. Rewatched uh, the Bridge on the River Kwai because a podcast that I really, really like. Uh, covered it. So Are you? I'm at, I'm at. You're at four and a half. Four and a half now. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, I think it's kind of. It, it, it's definitely like not as rewatchable. I'd say as Lawrence of Arabia because like I actually saw Bridge on the River Kwai before Lawrence, and since then you know I've obviously gone back to Lawrence several times, but. I mean, Alec Guinness is incredible. William Holden is incredible in literally anything he's in. Uh, and honestly, just really, really, really enthralling for like a three-hour movie, which is hard to do, but it doesn't drag really whatsoever. And then yesterday it was storming, so I, you know, just felt like rewatching The Godfather. Pretty, pretty all right movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Um, yeah, it's okay. We've talked the most overrated movie of all time, of course. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, totally. any any new takes? Any new takes, Jack? Um. Well, again, it just reminded me that I have to go and watch the sequel to Going My Way, The Bells of Saint Mary's, which is what Michael mm. and Kago see at the uh, at the theater right before he realizes that Vito's been shot. Um. And we, we the ends of the ba- ends of the Baker take. Oh yeah, he comes out on top of the whole series. I mean. <laughs> He's got a stable job in the bakery, is on good terms with the 
Corleone family because he stays and helps he volunteer volunteers I should add to help wade off the criminals and on top of that I, he's on good terms with the father of the bakery because his daughter wants to marry him and he's going to Vito to ask for help so must be a really really good guy proper <laughs> yep. guy uh, and then Dave we've talked about um, you you know you like to wind down your days with like a sitcom at the end of the night Mm. This past week for me, I've been ending them with Bugs Bunny cartoons from the 40s. Oh, that's fun. Just, you know, come, come back from a late night shift and just watch just watch Bugs go ham on Elmer Fudd or Yosemite Sam. And just <laughs> a, great, a great way to wind out the day. And it was actually, it was nice. I learned that oh, there was only one of one short of theirs that actually won the Oscar before. Um, and I was, I was like, oh, that's a nice little tidbit. And finally... I mentioned this earlier, or I kind of hinted at this earlier, but I'm a big fan of the first movie in this franchise. I have not <laughs> seen the second or the third movie in this franchise. However, I was tasked with watching Jaws the Revenge after mm. losing poker. Oh, uh, man. I, I, I guess it, it's a great movie. It's a great movie, man. It's one of the best half-star movies I've ever seen. Okay, that's probably fair, I will say. Like, it's not... It was not as unbearable as I thought, but the thing that I've... Just, like, from the clips I've seen with the other two movies, it seems like they've gradually forgotten what made the first one great, and that is not seeing the shark. Because (laughs) the the, the shark in this movie, it, it just gets to a point where you're just laughing at it the whole time. And I, I I thought it was this movie, but I guess it's actually Jaws 3D. The glass shatter. Of, of, That's 3D. Of, yeah, the, the the PowerPoint transition of all. <laughs> uh, but no, not even Michael Caine could knock could, could get get it an extra half star or something. I just it was nothing. I can't wait for the fourth to cleanse my palate and rewatch the original. I will. I just gotta let you know, just this movie just teaches you not to fuck with sharks because they're they'll just follow you wherever exactly, you go. Exactly, yeah, they have t- telepathy or something like that. <laughs> uh, and Mr. Friesen, what do you got? Uh, well, I missed the Fugitive podcast, but luckily it's not like I watched a bad movie for nothing. It was a good movie, and I liked it quite a bit. Harrison Ford as non-franchise best, we'll say that. You know, when he's when he's not playing iconic characters that are already iconic, he's making a character out of this, and he's really good at it. So. Should he have got? We talked about it last week, but I'm curious. Should he has got? Should he have gotten in? Not win, obviously, but should he yeah. have gotten in? I don't remember who was nominated. Well, I can check right now. Where it's like Neeson, uh, Neeson Hanks. Hanks. No one's beating Hanks. So well, yeah, just, no. does he get? Uh, I, uh, here we go. All right, so Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins, Daniel Day Lewis, Lawrence Fishburne, Lee Neeson. That's a fucking good lineup, though. That's a really good lineup. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, what is um in the name of the father for DDL, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. then I don't think he gets it. Yeah, never I mind. Put him in. But like, I mean, he's, that's he's great, really good but lineup. that's a real good lineup. So yeah. Okay, so yeah, and that one, um, I watched Brief Encounter last week. I'm starting my David Lean series since they're showing Doctor Shivago in theaters here in two weeks. So between Bridge of the River Kwai and Lawrence of Arabia, those are both you know three hours, three and a half hours, and this one's an eighty minute british you know little period piece and holy shit it was so good i loved it so much 
I think at the end of the series, I will claim David Lean to be not that some someone popular, like David Lean, like the greatest director to ever live in terms of what it's supposed to do in terms of every creative decision he nails on a literal metaphorical level. And the camera work is just astounding. It's, oh, it's such a good movie. So I've only seen three of his movies and I'm going to watch like six more. I'm really looking forward to that. I uh, rewatched Asteroid City. I wanted to make sure the can hype didn't cloud my initial judgment, but you know I'm not Tiff Helmer. I'm I'm you pretty. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm pretty objective, consistent with my ratings, no matter where I'm at. But still, anything that's like post Grand Budapest Hotel with Wes Anderson, I can watch on repeat. You know, as evidenced by my ratings of them. So, but also Asteroid City of between this that one and Grand Budapest and French Dispatch this one deserves a rewatch the most just because of what it's doing on a story level and it's so much easier now to understand it when you watch it a second time it's my favorite movie of the year that's been released technically Zone of Interest is my favorite but that's not coming out for more months so but it'll be on my top 10 list I watched Out of Africa uh, <laughs> hey man three, three hour plus historical epics that uh, movie that's my jam right there. Now, I'm not going to say this is like some great movie or nothing. Like, Lost Emperor, or Last Emperor, and Amadeus with Masterpieces. Gandhi's okay. It's pretty good. This one's like mildly good at best. But, you know, it's good enough. The production qualities, the sweep of the story, the John Barry score is really good. So I was like, you know, it's fine. It's good. Best picture? God, no. Like, but that lineup, I looked at it, it's pretty bad. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like there's like no other movie. Like if you gave it to another movie in that lineup, they would also be forgettable as out of Africa. So it's like, well, no matter what, you won't get anything that year. So you did see something else. Oh uh, yeah, I know. I'm getting to it. There's more to get through. Oh, here. I thought I thought you were I thought you were finishing. I was I was giving you a moment to spill your whatever you have against out of Africa. Just I I hate it. I I, I think mean, it's I think it's just one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. <laughs> well, I'm still the most like. It's so uninteresting. Mm-hmm. The in, like when I'm watching a biopic for me, per, I I just like I just want to care about what the individual as a whole. And I was just like, bro, I don't give a fuck. I do not give a shit. All right. Well, I'm gonna watch another Best Picture winner tonight. I don't know which one yet. Probably something How about Tom Jones. I could. I could. I'm thinking like the Great Siegfeld or something, which is also three hours long. I'm just gonna get it out of the way now. Like 90- That's a tough one. I it probably will be, so I have to find if it's even still exists. I think when I saw it, it was on Max, so maybe that well, could. Yeah. I don't know if that helps. It might help. Either way, I will see it. Air quotes. Legitimately, we'll say that. So I also watched uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. So still Woo-hoo. embargoed. So this is a social media reaction. Don't worry, distributors. But the franchise has been a champion of stunts. This one is bolsters that claim. I think John Wick is the best in terms of like combat, and this one is I agree. The, sh- the sheer thrill ride of the ludicrous and the reality of like the action set piece. And these are all about you know, like movie making is making you believe in the unreal, and this one always does that super well in that illusion. I didn't love it, but I still really liked it. And as a summer summer entertainment movie, it is a very good roller coaster that I was on and really had a great time with it so same boat as you I really liked it too but yeah didn't love it like the last t- the last two no. uh, then two more or one more and then I'll get to the one you're waiting for and then Indiana Jones uh, and the Dial of Destiny it was one of the hardest reviews I've had to write this whole year because like there just wasn't anything noteworthy I was thinking about 
during this movie. This movie, I sat there and I watched it and I had a decent time, and then I just didn't think about it once before since, which is fine for most movies. Like, if it's some action movie on Netflix or whatever, I don't care. But this is Indiana Jones, man. I should be like caring about this, and I was just like, yeah, it's pretty good, you know. They went safe. They went safe, and they didn't really. That's the thing. It's just one of these. It's too not too safe, but it's also just, just like we're you know what are we doing here besides the same thing, but at eighty percent of the levels before. Like, well, and what's the? Point I I then? just think I think they're just in they were in a no win situation because let's just say they did do something different, like completely off the rails different. It would have gotten destroyed by a certain demo. Then fuck, you're gonna have the demo man. that was gonna destroy. Yeah. You're gonna destroy the demo and the, the and the demo that is kind of hating on it now. You're not part of it, but like the demo that's hating on it now, Indiana it's Jones hating on it because Jedi. it was too safe. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, it's nowhere as good as the Last Jedi. So, but um, I, but yeah, I don't I, think that. I, I think that movie was in a no-win situation. Which is also kind of part of my review. It's just like, what was the point then? If we're just no, like. You know, I, I don't know. I enjoyed it, but like for Nia Jones, I should be loving it and thinking about it afterwards. And you know, the high bar to it not, is. The but, point is, the, I think the point was for the final movie in a franchise, and I have to deal with a character named Mutt. Yeah, well, they really, they really were like, gave, you know, not not spoiling the movie, but like Mutt, they they don't care yeah. about him. They really don't care. They so, do not care, Jack. They do not. They do not care about him. They do, I well, I won't say anything. All right, and. Then, all right, all right, grand finale. Don't worry. I watched it, what, two nights ago. Society. Society. I should say it in my Jared Leto Chef's voice. Kiss. Chef's yeah. kiss. Um, this, the metaphor for the movie is about uh, a centimeter deep, but it's not like I'm walking away from that movie thinking about the themes and emotions of it. So, Man, it's about the, the rich eating the poor, and they do it literally. physically at the last 20 minutes, to literally in the end of the movie. What else do you want from a... 1980. Uh, that's that's what I said. As I said, I was like, that's not what I watched by thinking about. Except I am mentioning it right now, so I guess I was thinking about it. But the anatomical nature of the movie at the end, I was trying to piece together. It made zero sense, but obviously, again, I was just watching, going, okay, then, <laughs> all right. And I knew based on what you've said, pictures and talking about it, that it was going to get messed up. So it is very messed up. And also, <laughs> some of the some of the stuff in that movie, like what is up with Clarice? Cl- Cl- Clarissa's mom and the hair. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, and the the whole. Um, I, I want to know how many people are in on this society thing to make uh, Bill run for student body president, and then they keep building up just to keep crash him down. I'm like, how many people are in on this? And it, it, that's part of the fun, though, is to try to piece it together. Yeah. D- Dave, I can't remember. Is this the, is was that is society the one with knockoff Dustin Hoffman? Or is that another crappy No, I think movie? it's another one. Okay, I was going to say, because there, there no. was, it might have been, no, it might have been Brain, or it might have been Basket Case, I think. But because I remember that one of the early ones you showed, it was just like that guy. But no, the the lead in, the the, the lead in Society 2 is something else, that's for sure. He's not, he's not guy, bad. Man. He carries it enough. He carries enough yeah. for like a, like a, like a bad, not a bad 80s horror movie, but like this kind of thing, where it's like, he's, he's good enough. I was happy with him. 5 out of 10 from home, though. Very satisfactory. Dude, I, I was I, I was so happy. I was so happy when I saw that 5 out of 10. Yeah, I, I didn't think it's some great movie, but I went into it not expecting like Shakespeare or something. I was like, look, it delivered on the gross out shit that I was expecting, and I was like, okay, and so I'll give it that. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's something such. I mean, like I like I always say when I talk about that movie, like the the practical effects and body horror in that movie. They're, at, they're at the impressive. End, it's really I, impressive. I, they, stuff. they give a whole like um, it was like surreal makeup effects by somebody. I was like, wow, he got his own credit, the special guy, and he delivered enough to get that credit. Seriously, uh, alrighty. Uh, so for me, I. Saw the Jurassic Park. We're going to talk about it in a, in a minute. Uh, Mission Impossible. Agree with everything Hunter said. I liked it a little bit more than him, but I agree. I didn't fully like adore it the way I did the last couple. Uh, Jack, for you, as Amsterdam, a mysterious diver hiding in Amsterdam's canal embarks on a rampage of gruesome murders, terrifying city officials, and leaving few clues for the city's best detective. We have a we have a mayor in this in this uh, movie, Jack. Excellent. And he does not want to close the city or the canal. I don't know how you would close a canal anyway. But uh, <laughs> just, just put some boats in the way. I was gonna say you just have to call the couple like whatever those like boats are that go down like the like the canoe like the canals of Venice or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah it seems like an easy thing than just a beach. And he doesn't. He does. He is afraid of losing tourism in the city. So yeah. I got. I got. I got to yeah. co-sign my guy over there. Once, once you got through the Amster in Amsterdam, I was like, the fucking David O. Russell movie. What are yeah. you doing? And then, <laughs> and then, then, then I said, damn. I was like, oh, okay. At least an interesting movie, I guess. Well, I guess pretty, Amsterdam pretty is interesting, poster, but not good. It's a sick poster, right, Jack? Um, Joe Bob Briggs, I'm guessing. Joe Bob Briggs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let uh, rewatch the firm uh, for the anniversary. Still slaps. I love the firm. Uh, Mississippi Burning saw for the first time mm. this mm. week. An '80s movie about race. I already kind of know where it's gonna yeah. go. And it's like, eh. it's, eh, yeah. it's fine. Okay. I, I saw another similar movie uh, with Deborah Winger called Betrayed. Kind of following the same tropes, except she's an undercover cop. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Not, not it. Not it. Yeah. I uh, saw the blackening this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty funny. Really, really, actually, much more fun than I expected. But uh, Harley could have predicted the killer in the first five minutes. It was insanely weak on the killer reveal. I uh, saw a De Palma blind spot this week. Uh, body double. Oh, uh, sort of is. Liked it when better. That, that was one of bigger? De Palma's like. He I, didn't. De Palma do like a bunch of, like Hitchcock kind of movies. Was this one of them? My exact. I went three stars, and my exact review said Hitchcock did it better. That's what, left it at that. What what movie is it? Let Let's see. Oh, have I, you seen it? No, I have not, but I already know what movie he's doing. Then okay. okay. Like, what's right. what's influenced by? Yeah. Um, saw the first Carpenter movie. I had never seen it. it was a blind spot, Dark Star. Um, hmm. I'm glad he did a lot. Sounds like a Star Wars movie. career than Dark Star. Yeah, it's not good. I didn't like it at all. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, last two. Uh, I'm cur- Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. It is a movie about Bubba, an intellectually d- disabled man who is falsely accused of attacking a young girl. Disguised as a car- scarecrow, he is killed by the town, and he comes back to kill the, the and uh, and get revenge on those that killed him. So, like the first yeah. half of that is like to kill a mockingbird ish, 
there's a, a <laughs> person is wrongfully accused, and then there's an also mentally dis, uh, handicapped person. Obviously, they're two different people in To Kill a Mockingbird, but it's very, very much the same movie. I was like, wait a minute, and then it goes way off that. What, what was yeah. the name of this again? Uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Oh, wow. Sick poster, too. So it's, it's like a uh, Batman, because the Scarecrow's in Batman, there's the Dark Knight, it could be that, too. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, well, I saw, uh, I rewatched two Trons, Tron and Tron Legacy, and um, the American Gladiators Netflix documentary, which I highly recommend for all the young folk out there that had never heard of the game. And then finally, last night, I haven't slept one hour today because I went to the screening of the Joel Schumacher cut of Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. I got there at 7 p.m. I did not get out of the theater till 6.15 this morning. <laughs> Um, yeah, so how long is like, cut then? Eight hours. No, yeah. it's two. It's two. It's two and a half hours. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I did like what his original intention was on the movie. It's very much a kind of more leaning towards Burton than where Schumacher eventually goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, it's very dark for a lot of it in terms of like. Focusing on Bruce and his in inter um, his turmoil on blaming himself for his parents' death. It's like it's more of a character study in a lot of ways that the theatrical doesn't do. Uh, hmm. It'll never see the light of day, but I'm glad I was able to see it. Uh, it is, true. Yeah. Is, is it like yeah, put together well, or is it like or is it noticeable what the directors like ex- extra scenes it's noticeable. are? Yeah, it's okay. noticeable. Yeah, it has thinking. the. It actually has a test cut. As soon as you're uh, in those scenes, it says test cut, and then it says uh, November 1994. Yeah. So okay. it, it's very – you can tell. I mean, it can – the funniest part was obviously when you're doing certain test screening, you don't fully have the score ready. Mm-hmm. So they just threw in Batman Elfman in there. But the big LOL is when they introduce uh, Jim Carrey's Riddler. They use a score to uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> well, it's not off. It's not off base totally. <laughs> so I, I honestly, it works better it's, than the score that they end up using for yeah, him in the movie. Not a bad idea. Um, the, the test, the test footage guy had at least thematically in his head. He's like, you know, this works. <laughs> yeah, it it worked. It, very. I I did not expect to hear that in a Batman movie. That's I'll true say that for sure. Mm-hmm. But. But uh, but yeah, overall, I I thought it's a much better cut, and I don't know if we're ever, you know, if everyone's ever gonna get to see it. I, but I'm yeah. glad I was able to 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 get a glimpse of it. Uh, and that wraps everything up for me. Let's get into why we're here. Jurassic Park, thirty years. To, I feel so old, man. <laughs> I feel so old. Uh, for anyone living under a rock, Jurassic Park was directed by this little-known indie director, Steven Spielberg. Uh, the first installment in the Jurassic Park franchise, and it's based on Michael Crichton's 1990s novel of the same name, with a screenplay written by Crichton and David Coop. Uh, we'll just start with the first question I always ask, Jack. We'll start with you. What's the first memory of watching Jurassic Park? Honestly, it was one of those. It wasn't a childhood movie like it is for many. For me, like. Indiana Jones is definitely the big one. And then E.T. here and there a little bit as my childhood. But like E.T., I honestly didn't really come to fully love this movie until later in life. This one more so because of, I think, a lot of the like exposition is what really sells the movie to me. Um, 
all the like the big dialogue scenes, which like wasn't something I was going to fully appreciate when I was like eight. Um, but I mean, now it's solidified itself in my top five. It gives Jaws a run for its money with its trio of main three characters, all of which are incredibly fun to watch. And Spielberg also furthers his case more as one of the best directors of child actors, because uh, I think both, I think Ariana Richards and Joseph Mazzello's performance in this movie is incredible. Um, and yeah, I think also this is just one of the all-time great summer blockbusters, um, essentially laid a lot of groundwork for what was to come, especially in regards to the technical aspects of movie making. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll get more into that as we go on, but yeah, yeah it's gradually just gotten better and better. Jack, you are, you're, <laughs> no, I am. you're, you're, oh, no, I was gonna say your connection it was breaking up. Whoa. There. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Alright, what were you saying, Hunter? Go for it. Oh no, mine uh mine is similar to Jack, but I um maybe the more extreme I didn't watch this movie till the pandemic, actually. Hmm. I'd seen the Jurassic World movies before Jurassic Park. How about that? That's how <laughs> stupid I am. <laughs> There's something I've never really been interested in dinosaurs in my life, nor have I been on paper connected to Steven Spielberg's earlier movies. I'm more of the serious Spielberg person, as you can tell by our, my rankings. But it's not like not like he he's made a bad movie ever. So I didn't watch this till the pandemic when um the theaters during that summer were just starved for content. So they played like Raiders of the Lost Ark again, and Jurassic Park was one of those. So I was like, well, shit, I have to watch Jurassic Park in the theater then, and I did then. And I and it's it's a good movie. I don't love it, but I quite like it. So for I do not like any of the other, I'm jumping the gun here, the Jurassic movies, but this one gets by because Spielberg is a genius, can make everything exciting, so we'll talk about that. And now, and like, I didn't see E.T. or Jaws until last year. Both great movies, I really like them, but like, I've just been slacking on early Spielberg, the stuff he's more known for. And here I am going like, Lincoln, nice. guys, you should watch Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um yeah, so for me, I'm uh, actually saw it in theaters in '93. Mm. So this is, I've loved it since I was a little kid. Just, I also don't care about the only time I've ever cared about dinosaurs is actually watching Jurassic Park. So well, this this uh, one this one we'll talk about peaks and valleys. Dinosaur movies were like, you know, who's, like, it's, who, like who, it's like who's, shark movies. You know, yeah, like, like what, what are you gonna what's, do? What's on the mountain beneath it? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the magic of dinosaurs is just based of how gee the genius of spielberg i love everything about this movie loved it since i was a kid it's my number two favorite spielberg film after uh et so it's i hold it very it, it's it's kind of part of the untouchable four like the those two raiders and jaws those those are never moving for me when it comes to spielberg uh but yeah, loved it. Uh, can't wait to continue our conversation here. Getting into the production of the movie. Uh, Michael Crichton originally conceived a screenplay about a graduate student who recreates a dinosaur. He continued to wrestle with the fascination with dinosaurs and cloning until he began writing Jurassic Park. Um, Steven Spielberg learned about the novel before its publication in 1989 while he was discussing a screenplay with Crichton that will become a popular television series. You guys 
want to take a guess of what it is. Insanely popular 90s television series. Mm. Quantum Leap? And it was on... No, it was on NBC, if that helps. Quantum Leap was on NBC, but I'm still wrong, I know. Oh, was it? I don't know. Oh, shit. The remake, the the, the, the reboot was, so I'm guessing they still had it. No, I, I, uh... ER. Oh, wow. Yes, I can see the connections between Jurassic Park and ER. That was... How did I not guess that? (laughs) Uh, Spielberg recognized what fascinated him about the park was really a credible look at how dinosaurs might someday be brought back alongside modern mankind. Going beyond a simple monster movie. Uh, so, before the book was even published, Crying demanded $1.5 million just for the rights uh, and a substantial percentage of the gross. Uh, Get that yeah. paper, man. Get that bag. Yeah. Good for him. So, I was going to – I sometimes I put this in another category, but I like talking – I'm going to talk about it here. So, Warner Brothers and Tim Burton were originally attached to try to do this. Uh, then 20th Century and Joe Dante also bid for the rights to do this. Yeah. Uh, and then Universal acquired the uh, the rights in 1994, Spielberg, to take care of it. Um, to create the dinosaurs, Spielberg thought of hiring Bob Gurr, who designed a giant mechanical King Kong for the Universal Studios Hollywood King Kong encounter. Have you ever written that, Jack? I have not, unfortunately. It's great. Uh-huh. It's great. It's it's really really fun. It doesn't exist anymore, gonna, unfortunately. Say, I, don't, I don't think it was there when I won. At least the new Kong ride is terrible. Yeah, it's 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 all LED screens. It doesn't have the magic of like oh, that boo. King Kong ride. Mm-hmm. I need stop yeah. motion it's, in real life now. Exactly. You need animatronics at least on it. Um. So, upon reflection, Spielberg felt life-size dinosaurs would be too expensive and unconvincing. Instead, Spielberg brought in this uh, this guy, Stan Winston, just just some guy there, to create the animatronic dinosaurs. Phil Tippett credited as a dinosaur supervisor to create a go-motion dinosaurs for long shot. Michael Lantieri to supervise the onset effects, and Dennis Murren of ILM to do the digital composition. And paleontologist Jack Horner supervised the designs. To help fulfill Spielberg. Jack Horner from Boogie yeah. Nights? Uh, Jack Horner, or, or Jack Horner from Puss in Boots. One of the two. Yep. Sure. I'll take the Boogie Nights guy. Uh, for, everyone that's, for anyone that's unaware, this is probably one of the greatest years of a director's career ever because this came out the same year Spielberg did uh, Schindler's List. And during the post, Spielberg monitored the progress from Poland during the filming of Schindler's List and had to teleconferences four times a week while ILM crew after filming a day shooting of filming Schindler's List. Actually, mm-hmm. I, I probably th- it probably is the best year for any director ever because with Jurassic Park, he dominated commercially and with Schindler's List, he dominated critically. So I don't mm-hmm. think there was another... For the other cases, I don't think there was one where it was like one killed the box office, the other killed the Oscars. So, yeah, there's... Okay. It was well, like both, a mini... Oh, go ahead. Well, both kind of did because we'll talk about it later. But Jurassic actually yeah. swept everything at one, or it was nominated for. But yeah, yeah. There's there's a so, mini mini documentary he did where he talked about that, like specific working on both movies at the same time. Pretty much, he said he's like the most depressed he'd ever been in his life. <laughs> yeah, working with Schindler's List, and then also he just was so sick of Jurassic Park at that time for working mm-hmm. on it for so long. So. I was like, yeah, being stuck in Poland doing this ultra-depressing movie and having to still work on this other movie you've been stuck on for two years. I was like, and yet, 
you can't tell a single second of that in any of these movies that he was hating the experience to an extent. Sure. Uh, the movie was released on June 11th, 1993, cost $63 million, um, $1.46 billion. Three releases came Not- to play. Well, that's too. See, I'm, I gave it six bucks in 2020, so there you go. I'm, I was still giving the money. I'm pretty shocked it didn't hit uh, theaters this year for the 30th. Yeah. I didn't see it yeah. anywhere playing in New York. Well, well, E.T. was the only one with an anniversary last year. Jaws just yeah. kind of popped. Jaws just kind of popped up, but I was expecting. They did, um, they did Raiders this year for they, yeah they yeah. did yeah. for like so a was, week. Even, I was gonna say that was like weird. a. That was also like a fathom event, I think, because yeah, like, it was something. Sure yeah. and Jaws were like actually like re released yeah. Universal re releases. Yeah. So I guess I guess they were um, they're like shit. We've done Spielberg so many times the last mm-hmm. couple of years. So even though it's not like it was gonna bemoan more Jurassic Park out there, like oh no. So Jurassic Park at the time became the highest grossing film of all time, surpassing another Spielberg movie, E.T. Mm-hmm. Just banger after banger. Uh, go. Well, go ahead. No, that's him. Just the only person that yeah. beats Spielberg. <laughs> and then that record would stand until 1997, uh, when Big Jim took it over, and then Big Jim took it over again in '09, and then the Avengers took it, and now Big Jim has it again. So yeah, he has like 75 percent of the top four. He's got because Avatar, Way of Water, Titanic, and Avatar are all mm-hmm. up there. That's just insane. It's I, I listen. I liked Avatar: Way of Water a lot more than the first one. I'm still shocked that movie made that, that much, much money. money. Yeah, it's still it's one of those like Avatar is one of those where I'm like, really it made that much money? People really loved it. And then this is the other one where I'm like, really this one made that much money? Like in this like, day and age now, this was like Top Gun with like five hundred thousand less or something like that. Yeah, it's wild though because I think outside of the second and third one, every Jurassic movie has made a billion dollars which did is Domin- also Domin- did dominion or the last one dominion yeah, did, the last dominion one did, did yeah. barely yeah. yeah which is also why i don't trust modern movie goers <laughs> that one makes a billion dollars come on guys uh it's just that i think it's a name brand man i remember when jurassic world came out that movie was the highest opening of all time yeah when it opened just because of the name brand of just the whole jurassic it's such a popular it's one of the most popular brands See, Universal uh, has in the parks. I'll too. give the first one, the first Jurassic World, because it's the novelty of it. But once you hit the third one, and no one's like the other two, come on, guys. Yeah. I wouldn't saw it, so I am also to blame here. So don't, you know, I'm, you can also shoot me as well. They do. They did it smart. They knew the quality wouldn't be suffice, but you bring back Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum. There, people are just going to go see it just because of that. I mean, uh, they did that smart at the end. But uh, in regard to the film's trophy case, uh, 91% on RT. Not shocked there. The site's critical consensus reads, Jurassic Park is a spectacle of special effects and lifelike animatronics with some of Spielberg's best sequences since Jaws. Academy Awards, not nominated for Best Picture, not nominated for Best Director. I would have well, loved to see Spielberg. Well, Wait, another, I would have. There's another I, omission that I think is more key than those. Well, I, I wanted to say yeah. Spielberg should have been that guy to get double nominated in director that year. Well, well, there was someone else who should have gotten double nominated and didn't. John Williams that's missed true. the score. Yeah, that, that's that's a big one. Oh, he didn't get yeah. the score. That's a big no, one. No, that's yeah, a big one. A big one. 
and he won too, mm-hmm. which is yeah. yeah. Uh, what would you, what would you have given it to him for while we're here? I still, I still, you, I still go Schindler's, but Jurassic Park probably should have been in there too. I think. Uh, it did win sound editing, sound and VFX. Um, probably, like yeah. A but yeah, I top five or so winner of all time in VFX. If we were to go yeah. look at I him, agree. yeah. yeah. Man, if you, I think with the impact the movie had, probably number one. Yeah, for yeah. VFX. Oh god, if I look at the score lineup, the first Star Star Wars, I, I'd say it would be like yeah, the Star other Wars. One. Baby. I, I, yeah, that's true. Still. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. What um, what was nominated for Best Picture that year? It was Schindler's List, Venice, Philadelphia, Piano. Yeah. Age of Innocence was nominated for Best Picture over. No, this is why Jurassic this Park? is why I was pissed I wasn't here yesterday or last week in the fusion. I was like, guys, the age of innocence was right there. No, I Oh no no. The fugitive there is No, I would well okay, so it's, it's I, I also also just in the miscellaneous fun of it, I did what if nineteen ninety three was in the expanded era? And I said, What would the best picture nominees Ooh. be? Oh, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. That's a good one. So Do you have that? Oh, I have it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And also, yes, there's also right <laughs> So original nominees were Schindler's List, In the Name of the Father, The Fugitive, The Piano, and The Remains of the Day. Pretty damn good lineup. I give it that. I, I think it is. Expanded nominees of the Expanded Era, who is where I think Jurassic Park would get in. Okay. The Age of Innocence would get in. Yeah. I agree. Philadelphia. I agree. Shadowlands. Which it got nominated. I've never, I've never seen okay. that. N- nobody has. But it had, it had two okay. acting nominations and a screenplay nomination. So I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty good. And then In the Line of Fire, the Clint Eastwood movie. Oh, In the Line of Fire slash. That one got like a screenplay nomination and John Malkovich. So I was like, okay, I guess. So but I was like, that's a pretty good lineup right there. So we got, you know, and obviously Shinless just beats all of them, but like, that's duh. I, I and then if you, but then if you put Jurassic Park in original score, it's like Schindler's List, The Age of Innocence, The Firm, The Fugitive, and then I'm going to kick out the remains of the day and put in Jurassic Park. That's a really good score lineup. That's a really good lineup, yeah. Because you've got John Williams, James Newton Howard, and Elmer Bernstein, and well, The Firm's by David Grusin, but like that's a good score as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, in terms of Jack's favorite uh, AFI... What do you do? You think it's anywhere? I well, I did research. I couldn't find it anywhere, but like I'm sure it's probably buried somewhere in like the thrills list. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I could find actually uh, was the 35th most thrilling yep. film on yeah. AFI's okay. uh, thrills I, list. I, Spielberg already kind of dominated in like the movies because I'm I, I'm Jaws Raider. Like when they redid films, uh, Jaws Raiders, ET. Schindler's, and I'm pretty sure Saving Private Ryan even got in there too. So six, I think, um, might have M- been pushing it because I I don't think he actually had the most out of anybody on the list. So I think those five are the, Empire, good, the good five. Empire called it the six listed at the six most influential movie of all time. Don't know what the other five are. I just hmm. got that stat out. Yeah. Um, we need to start inter- holding AFI. At- Feet to the fire. Get us a new list. Come on, guys. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Exciting <laughs> sound did this. Um, now it's your turn. 2000 Temple Entertainment Weekly rated as the greatest summer movie of the previous 20 years. I'm pretty what, sure I looked. I'm pretty sure year? I looked at that same list. Do you want to? 2000. I'm pretty sure I looked at that same. The Dark Knight. Like the Dark Knight's there. The so other two movies in that top three are. The Dark Knight. Nope. 
Are you serious? Sorry, this started, it, it was it was, was high. It was really high. But there were two other movies that. What what? So what year did it start? So nineteen ninety to two thousand ten for right? like the best okay. summer movies. Yeah, it, God, it, it's, it's it started. Be... Well, you could say it starts with the original summer movie. Jaws, they had in there. Jaws is one. Oh, okay, so they're doing of all time. Okay. Oh, so see, I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, I'm, okay. It, okay. And he, and oh, I guess it's Jaws and eighteen. Okay, so he's got all of them. Okay, well, I mean, at least they're all you know original quotes again based on material but it's that they are the the ogs of their genre i guess this is a fun this is a fun stat that i've uh raiders that I've, I've, wow. that's no, I've always yeah i mean it should, it, it should be above those because that's like summer blockbuster but whatever it was, it was, it was probably I, I can't remember for sure but it was, she was probably number four yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've always felt this as a big as a big basketball fan. Uh, 1995, the Toronto yep. basketball oh, team yeah. uh, named the Raptors, and they actually call their large television fan area outside the arena Jurassic Park. So, uh, yeah, the film has been said to have given a rise to a Jurassic Park generation where young people inspired to become paleontologists. Didn't happen for any of us here, unfortunately. No, I don't care. Um, and then Jurassic Park's biggest industry is just biggest impact on the industry has been pretty much the breakthrough of CGI and VFX. I mean, it's someone um, I got to find a quote. I don't think I have it here, but someone threw hella shade at King Kong when Jurassic oh. Park came out. Well, there's only a 60 year be difference talking, between be, them. Better be talking about the 76 one. Nope, 33, uh, my friend, 33. I, wait, what if we gave computers to the 33 King Kong? We could let them do it. Brian would literally just We'd, end VFX right there and be like, guys, I think yeah. there's nothing else yeah. we can do. There, but... would be, there would be no more. Avatar wouldn't exist because James Cameron would be like, what the fuck, how do I top this? Like, you know. Peter, Peter yeah, Jackson for sure. And... not exist at that point. Exactly. That was his call. So, yeah, which is maybe not, maybe not, and... not the greatest way the future could go, but. It'd be damn good King Kong movie. And then moving on to Maestro's Corner, John Williams back again. Uh, it's a great score. No denying that. Where do you rank it? Just throwing that out there. I think um, this is a great era. I love 90s John Williams because he's doing Spielberg and Oliver Stone movies at the same time. And yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. think Jeez. it's cool. Yeah, and, and still, other ones. And still is, finding, yeah, like Home Alone still doing. Yes. Yeah, so... I don't think this is his best score in terms of overall score, but when you you just the Jurassic Park theme, then that's like yeah. one of his top ones. So that's the thing. I think this falls in line with like how we felt about Superman. Like overall score is it's good, but the it's theme gotta, it's kind it's of weird. I, really... I couldn't I couldn't tell you another track from Jurassic Park, but once you hear that 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 main theme, you're like, all right, let's get into this. You know, the, the only yeah, like there's the obvious piece, but the one other bit of music that just always works is like that 20 second or so bit at the opening with just like the timpani and then the choir mm, um that's a good one but, but but then and then them arriving at the island uh with like the um and then the theme obviously is just where it all kicks it home for sure um 
Now let's get to what age the best. Jack, you say you had a lot, so I'll let you go. Okay. Um, well, I would say the seamless combo of practical effects and CGI, specifically the one that always just like really wows me is the um, during the T-Rex scene, it's like the you're looking at the T-Rex through like the roof of the window and then it walks to the other car and it transitions then from like the animatronic to the CGI and it always just like really like wows me um honestly in nine movies out of ten i feel like the dennis nedry plot would drag and hold back the movie but miraculously it doesn't take me out of the movie at all uh, i guess i should go on and tack this on with him the, the number of memes from the movie uh <laughs> yeah dotson we got dotson dotson here, here. and then obviously um <laughs> You did it, you crazy son of a bitch. You did it. Um, yeah. That is one big pile of shit. Another great one. Um, <clears throat> the classics, uh, Spielberg plant and payoffs. Um, specifically, the seat belts at the beginning. I always really liked with the info mm. about the dinosaurs all being female. Um, and then attack from the side. The, the Velociraptors attack from the sides. That, of mm -hmm. course, gets paid off later with Muldoon. Uh, the animated lecture uh, slash exposition scene with like the cartoon and the DNA. <laughs> yeah. Really, really surprised how well that works. Um, one of my favorite, just kind of Spielberg. Well, not just that. One of my favorite like cuts in any movie ever. Richard Attenborough says, "Where did the vehicle stop?" Cuts to the goat in the rain, and you just instantly know it's like, oh no. That's where we are. And then, mm -hmm. obviously, the probably, like, top five or so shot in any Spielberg movie, the water cup. That's just, like, the yes. stuff that oh, yeah. made out of. Uh, Shout out to the cinematographer, Dean yes, Cundy. Yes, I wrote that down. Who also, guy right there. who also yeah. shot Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween 3. And a bunch of John Carpenter the horror name, movies. Yeah. Well. And Back to the Future. He was, yep. yeah. and back, he, was, yeah. he was the guy. He was Spielberg's guy before Janusz came in. Mm -hmm. Basically, and, once, he, was, he was the last one because once Schindler's List came in, no one else was doing Spielberg movies but Janusz. Right. And then Private Ryan just completely is like, yeah, nobody else matters. You're, you're my guy from here on <laughs> yeah. out. I mean, we do Schindler's List and then, you know, saving Private Ryan. Yeah, that's kind of a one-two right there. And and then lastly, I just wrote down Jeff Goldblum, just everything everything yeah, with his yeah. character. <laughs> Yo, I have a nice little tidbit coming up. Uh, what about you, Hunter? What do you got here, if anything? Uh, yeah, the editing is outstanding as any Spielberg movie, but not nominated for film editing. Too mm. bad, too bad. Hey, who was nominated though? Anne V. Coates, Lawrence Arabia's own Anne V. Coates for In the Line of Fire. She was nominated, so good for her. So good. Good for her. Uh, also, yeah, age the best. I think we mentioned all these. I said the visual effects in terms of just it doesn't matter what screen you're looking on. You some movies where if you're watching on a small screen or a big screen, they really uh, aged worse. It doesn't matter. The bigger the screen, the better they look in here. Of course, uh, the score by John Williams when it's hitting, it's hitting in all strides. And I think the child performances. I'm not a big fan of kids in movies, but Spielberg's immune to that because man knows how to get a performance out of a kid. That's like still childlike but not annoying and it's a very 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 tough thing i think to do and to have that kid interact with adults and not also be annoying but 
between E.T., some of Jaws, and uh, Jurassic Park as well, it, and is in the Indiana Jones movies, and the Hook movie. Not even a great movie, mm. but the child performance was a good hook, so oh, yeah. it's, it's the man knows what he's doing. I, yeah, I'm with you guys there. Uh, so for me, I have the Jaws like introduction of the Raptor in the opening because mm-hmm. you don't really see, you don't see you don't see that you just see that that claw and it's like insane. Um, what's age the best theme park prices? Mm, that's true. Yeah, I don't remember how much does it cost. A hundred and sixty dollars for one day at, at at Universal Studios. Chump change. Oh, wait, at at Universal Studios or at Jurassic Studio Park? Yeah. Well, Jurassic Park, they wanted like thousands of dollars. Well, yeah, it's, it's fucking well, dinosaurs. No, 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 like no, that, dinosaur. No, that was, yeah, I, I should have put. Well, I don't know where I'd put this, but that was something else I really liked. That Richard Attenborough's character is actually kind of. He thinks everybody should experience it. While the lawyer who was like, you know, started off the movie with like, I'm going to shut this guy down, and now he's like, oh yeah, like we like we're going to make a fortune off this place. We're gonna have theme days. It's like, yeah, we'll maybe have a discount day or something like that. A coupon. We'll have coupons. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I also, it's the best. I do love Richard Attenborough in this movie. His characters. Yeah, like, same here. He's a great I actor, and also like his character is so good because he's just a nice guy who wants to do the right thing, but he just he doesn't know. You know, it's it's dinosaurs, man. <laughs> They're wild animals. And you can't help but you can't uh, help but think, just like the fu- the. I, the irony in the casting of Richard Attenborough and Spielberg almost yeah. 10 years or so after they went up against each other at the yeah. Oscars. Yeah. Um, also, uh, another theme park age the best, theme park branding. I think the logo more, of Jurassic Park is just a theme more park. More yeah, yeah. Is, is just bananas of how great it is. Um, what's age the best, dinosaurs? Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well I'll, again, I'll talk in peaks in the... Peaks and valleys where the the trend of Spielberg, where it's everything he does is a peak and no one else does it. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because the reason I brought up uh, dinosaurs as a whole is because here in New Jersey, about fifteen minutes from me, we actually have a Jurassic Park style park mm. with like animatronic dinosaurs and stuff like that. Uh, it's pretty popular. Huh. Uh, There's something kind of like so that I, here. Oh, I've never been, and I'm not sure if it's like maybe to that extent, but I know it's like. A prehistoric themed kind of like park, not like an amusement park or anything like that, but it still seems cool. I pass the dinosaurs on the interstate sometimes. It's pretty funny. There, denim t-shirts. <laughs> the one, um, more the one, uh, Doctor Alan Grant. Yeah, the one he was wears. wearing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a, he's a that. good, it fits his character perfectly. So, um, just a you, you guys kind of touched on it too. Just the first reveal of the dinosaurs when we when the score. Playing. We'll probably in, talk on that a little the later. The introduction to the island uh, and the dinosaurs is just like perfect. Uh, you guys mentioned the VFX, so we'll touch on it later if anything. Uh, the Dilophosaurus and that, f- I man, as a little kid, that fucking dinosaur scared the fuck out of me. And when he, I, was gonna, I, I, I actually had like some parts of that in What's Age the Worst, just because like there's a lot of that dinosaur that is like not real. Uh, yeah, but yeah. in like the fictional sense, like I mean, a little dinosaur that starts off cute and then all of a sudden it turns into a, oh, a, a, a rattlesnake. Like the sound for it was like mm. a howler monkey and a rattlesnake combined, and that's just like whoever thought of that combination is a sick genius because it is terrifying mm-hmm. to say the least. And you guys mentioned the raptors versus the kids at the end of the movie. All right, last but not least. 
The Godfather Part Two. Oh boy, how do you? Uh, well, The Godfather Part Two. Why would you talk about? Why would I bring up The Godfather Part Two? Well, Doctor Ian e. Malcolm's insistence on wearing all black leather <laughs> in a humid and hot location is very, uh, very like our friend Black Turtleneck Guy from The Godfather Part Two. Jack. Any any disagreement with that? Mm, well, I mean, both guys are the guys about, drenched. Both in, guys are about the as guys drenched in sweat. Gets, so not really surprising, mm, yeah. I'd say. My guy's drenched in sweat. <laughs> By the time the T Rex gets there, it's it's it's, it's a and lot. It, yeah, it, and on uh, top of that, it's like humid too, because like oh, yeah. the rain, like. Ugh. Um, what's age of the worst? Uh, this I was talking to Jack off the line, Hunter. This is like. I can't even make any jokey things about this movie's close to perfect. I did find a few things. Obnoxious know-it-all kids. Good performances. Annoying. That little kid at the beginning of the movie from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5. Obnoxious <laughs> Yeah, but I like the Grant like takes the claws. Like, yeah, he'd kill you right away. I was like, good. Oh, Screw yeah. the shit the yeah. kid. He deserves it. Get him. Park security? Uh, well, is the park even ready to be open? I guess uh, if you have dinosaurs there, you should probably have security anyway. But I guess... Yeah, is it is it, is it the, um, that or is it like all due to like the one guy? Cause like like what would it be an issue if it wasn't mm, for Nedry's like ulterior true. motives? Yeah, it's true. True. Um, kids' poor choice of role model and Doctor Grant. That's age. I I I, I have more. Yeah, really, in a moment. I love these comedic ones because I know you love the movie and you said it. You're just like ah. Uh, uh, I'm just scratching uh, uh, my head. <laughs> These last two I do actually feel. Samuel L. Jackson's hairline. <sighs> oh, not the, okay, the hairline, I guess. <laughs> and finally, Dr. Ellie Sadler's choice of men. You got Jeff Goldblum right there. Why the yeah, fuck yeah, is she yeah. with Alan Grant? That guy is boring as sin. He has terrible choice of attire. He wears a really ugly fedora. Nothing about him is interesting. You got my guy that says, I don't give a fuck how humid it is. I'm going to wear leather. I'm going to wear all black. Not to, not to mention him, cool... like, rizzing her up with, like, the whole, like, water droplet thing. Yeah. Like, Come on, man. Yeah, this... like, the coolest guy in, like, anything Spielberg's ever done, aside from maybe indie. <laughs> And then she does it. She goes back to the fucking well, guy in the fucking last movie. Maybe she, like, she on, maybe man. she watched Lost World and watched Jeff Goldblum. She's like, oh, well, maybe never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's yeah, that's all I got. It's a stretch here. Oh, what yeah. do you got, Jack? Yeah, the, the, the one thing that I thought of, which I was like, I think I'm pretty like knowledgeable in this regard, but I've never heard of this Unix systems. The the the, 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 com- wow. the computer software <laughs> that I guess they use at Jurassic Park that. Um, God, why am I blanking on her? The uh, Ariana Richards character like hacks at the end, and she's like, "It's a Unix system. I know this." And I was just like, "I don't." Uh, and and then yeah, just like I had the Dilophosaurus, like, but still really, I mean, awesome in the fictional sense. But yeah, this movie, it, it doesn't even have like it's still like modern, so like they're able to like pick up on like a lot of like stuff that like if this were an older movie, we'd probably dog on some like other characters, but nah, the Spielberg touch man, it's real. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, what about you, Hunter? Do you have anything? Uh, the only thing for me is more of a personal thing where I do think the second half of the movie is just dinosaurs chasing people, and it is that for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And I, for me personally, and this, I think chase scenes are the most boring type of action scenes, but Steven Spielberg made a whole career out of it based on Raiders of the Lost Ark and this. <laughs> so, like, obviously he can do it super well, and I, it's entertaining. 
and then also like Mission Impossible's have many chase scenes, but they're so athletic and fun. Mad Max is all chase scenes, but like super well done. So like some people could do it, but the vast majority of chase scenes I think are really boring in movies. Why the Jurassic World movies I kind of think are almost insufferable where I don't care about any of the chases that happen there. But because it's Spielberg in this movie, I'm kind of fine with it, even if I don't love it. Because dinosaurs only do one thing. They only chase people. But mm-hmm. that's why I think this is a perfect one-off movie. Six movies? Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know about that one. How interesting can they be? But for one movie, it's really well done, and I'm okay with that. And also, I had to write awesome. that down because I was like, uh, we're still like, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, this this one was definitely a stretch. All right, yeah. uh, Jack. Actually, I'll start it. Joe Spinell, that guy award. Um, <laughs> this one's easy for me because I recognize this man from another f- picture, motion picture that I quite like from 1995. Yeah, I knew it. I fucking <laughs> he, knew it. <laughs> he, he plays a he plays a construction clerk at the beginning of this Michael Mann picture Heat. Mr. Martin Ferraro is my oh. that guy award. Okay, and can, Good guess, Jack. You. I was Kelsey like, God damn it, like Jack. I would like the listeners to know that I correctly predicted this pick off the line. As soon as I saw he was in Heat, I was like, oh, then either this character is like in Heat for like 10 seconds or it's Dave's pick. About 45 okay, seconds. Okay, so that's still enough. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got, Jackie? Mine is actually you recognize him from one movie off i know where you're going but i think of it but when i watch these two movies i either go oh it's it's this guy from this movie or it's that guy from that movie and joseph mazzello also plays dust dustin moskovitz in uh the social net the social network and when I, when I learned that in retrospect i was just like like now when i watch that movie it's all it's always like oh that's it's the kid from Jurassic Park, or oh, that's Mark Zuckerberg's roommate in the Social Network. So, wow. learning learning that definitely has changed how I go back to the Social Network. All right, Hanu, do you have anyone here? Mine was uh, cinematographer Dean Cundy. He plays there one of go. the first nice. people, and when the, they introduce the dinosaur at the very beginning, he's like in there. I did the whole point. I was like, "Hey, I know that guy. That's the cinematographer, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dean Cundy." That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good poll. Um, this next one, I, I'm honestly, I think it's perfectly classed for Al Martino miscast award. I don't really think there's anything that I would move or touch here. Mine only is not a real answer again. The default answer I said is Samuel Jackson only because he put him behind a desk the whole time. He's like, get him in the field, man. Yeah. But it's also it's Samuel Jackson, so he still kills it. So I'm like, it's you know not like I'm like, oh god, it's terrible. He's like, you know, I just wish he was more out in the dinosaur realm because more of it would have been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, there's no I, I, yeah. there's no one here that I'm like, oh god, why are they in this movie? You know? And the other part is like, it's weird to like. Like, I don't know who I would replace, too, because, like, everybody here, like, I mean, even, like, Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum, like, they weren't, like, huge at the time. So, like, to put somebody in, I feel like would kind of just, like, overpower a lot of – would overpower a lot of things. Laura Dern at the time was just known for lunch. Yeah, yeah. So – Hey, David Lynch. And then Goldblum was – We're friends. They know that they're – Two good directors. Exactly. David Lynch's Jurassic Um, Park. <laughs> oh, I would love to see that. Oh, I would love to see. I don't even know what that I looks have like. No idea. Oh man, that would be great. Uh, Maurice Jouar, music drop. Uh, all right, so I just 
I just have three, four words here. I just welcome to Jurassic Park. That's what I yeah. have. Yeah. Even even like Literally. a minute, even a minute further when Grant takes off the sunglasses and that first like soft yeah. grass. Like mm-hmm. once it's there, it's like it's the boring mm-hmm. answer, but like it's just it's the right yeah, answer. Well, yeah. Well, else am I gonna say? Yeah. Sub my number two, Jack. I said I had another one. Was the end where T where the T Rex like mm-hmm. wins? Mm-hmm. That's like a fantastic drop right. too. Uh, Hunter, you have the same one, right? That one and the very actual, like, the credits, when they just roll. When they're, they're, it's the same as when they're leaving the island. Music, and, the, yeah. and the same music plays. I'm like, man, just getting you out on a high right there. You're like, hell yeah. This movie, I was, I remembered it just ends. Like, they get off the island, and it's like, okay, that's it. I was like, bravo for not, like, adding an extra ten minutes of, like, debriefing after the movie. <laughs> so... I'm gonna skip six man best supporting player because I'm introducing a new category oh, here. God. Um, I did all this research that I fi- and writing. So it's gonna co- it's okay. it's right all after right, this, right, but right. this new category is called the Black Turtleneck Guy Award, oh. aka not that much screen time but impactful. I have Bob Peck, oh. who plays yep. Robert Muldoon. That oh, is oh, my yeah. guy. Oh, yeah, he was he he was my he was my uh he was my uh six man. So, but he fits here perfectly, right? Yeah, John? he does. Like I love him so much. He gets he gets the opening scene, and you don't even. And then he comes in later, and his first line is like, "They should all be destroyed." And it's just like not even not even the, the dinosaurs, but just those. And you don't even like remember off the bat. And then you get all of his kind of chilling dialogue of him just being like they remember and like they test the fences for weaknesses and then of course his end death his the, death the, pay, scene, the payoff yeah, of scene. the attacking and he just ends with a clever girl and it's just like such a mm-hmm. such a line yeah um i assume you would have the same here hunter or you have any small role only, that comes to mind only because i haven't rewatched the movie since 2020 i can't think of anyone right off the top of my head so I probably I'll, would there would Sam Jackson fall in this category too, Jack? I would or say, you think too much time? I would say he actually. Yeah. I think he has I, enough where he wouldn't do. He, he wouldn't qualify. He's got enough where he doesn't, but at the same time, I also feel like Muldoon does more. So it's almost like he, yeah, he, he kind of gets promoted too in a way. But I, I'm I'm trying to think if it was Emmy qualifications, who or, would be a guest actor in this one? Because it can't even be a supporting actor. You got to be a guest in there. What about, be in what, and about out. Do, what about Dodgson? Gets like one. Dodgson. Yeah. Just like don't use my name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who are, who ends up being the big bad of the entire series? Oh as yeah. We come to find out in Jurassic World Dominion. Um. Now we can go to best supporting player. Now that you have to change, Jack, who do you have? Here? And, uh, I guess by default, it's probably Nedry. Oh man, I actually okay. I went big name here. Uh, did you go there, uh, Hunter? Or you? Yeah, I went Nedry because eighties and nineties had all these annoying characters that were doing it, and I think this is the best one of those where <laughs> Spielberg and Wayne Wayne Knight, like king of the nineties, man. Like mm-hmm. holy shit, I went to his, his IMDb. He's like. 1991, he's in JFK. He's like 11th build in that, but he's still good. 1992, he's in Basic Instinct. 93, is Jurassic Park. 95, is To Die For. 96, is Space Jam. He's great in that. Ah, uh, uh, he, dude, I forgot about Space I Jam. I mean, I'm not gonna say great in that, but it's just funny. And then 1999, he's in Toy Story 2. Like, 
and he's killing it. And then obviously on the Fourth of July, right before the Fourth of July, right before the night. Yeah, he's better than that one, but he's he's good as well. And then obviously, there's a little thing called Seinfeld going on the whole time where he's killing it. Yeah. So it's like I was like, damn, that guy was killing it in the nineties. Have you have you seen JFK check? I think that's I've a, asked that, you this. That's before. one of my like big blind spots. Uh, I, it's it's the one movie. I mean, Hunter and I agree on some on a good amount of stuff, but no, we don't agree on anything more than JFK. JFK like you need to, like, JFK's five star. Okay. Masterpiece, you have to watch it, it. Just I mean, watch the director's cut. Whatever. I mean, this the three hours long, no matter what. But it's just yeah. Oh. yeah director's cut is three twenty five, three twenty six. Yeah, it's, it's already three and at, like three and five minutes the regular one. You might as well add fifteen more. Like what's what's, what's, what's I'll add the I'll add. I don't know if it's Hunter's, but I'll add this before we move on to the next category. It is my all-time favorite one-scene performance in any movie I've ever seen. Oh, Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland that is, the, is in fucking he's incredible, the most dude. Dion Waiters I've ever seen in any movie. He's like, I'm going to come in, I'm going to jack up threes, and I'm going to leave. And it's like, perfect. <laughs> and, when I, and like Dion Waiters to the point like he's 10 for 10. Oh yeah, ten assists. Like he doesn't miss in that scene, and it's uh, it's he doesn't stop. It's like the diet. The the, oh, the scene is just him talking. No one else interrupts him. It's like eight to ten minutes of just him, facts after facts after That's, facts, and the and William Score playing in the background. Oh my god. Oh. Well, well, I know we're doing JFK eventually. <laughs> oh, we are. I, oh, uh, we are. Why, um, I don't say unpopular pin that that's one of my favorite John Williams scores because just every track of that one is it just is, like I, killer. Obviously, like I probably put it in is my probably 10. number one in Star Wars, obviously, but like JFK is like, like that's the one for me. For him, I think if shit, I'm gonna watch I this wonder, tonight. I, Fuck I, the great Seatfeld. I'm watching JFK <laughs> tonight. I'm, I'm legitimately, I think I'm gonna do that because I really want to watch that movie again. I do think it's the if uh, Silence of the Lambs is there, it's when it wins Best Picture. Probably. Yeah. I think that, was what, that was what like people were predicting going into it. Promise, yes. So Stone had already man. won two Oscars by that point and Best Picture. So it's like, is he going to win again? Even though he, yeah, he should have. He should have. Because yeah. it's so good. I mean, Science of the Lambs is an amazing movie. Well, so, oh well. Dave, who's your supporting and- player? Uh, I'm. I went basic. I just went Jeff Goldblum okay. and Laura Dern. Yeah, I, 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 I excluded the They're, not, they're not lead. Yeah. That's... Um. And then MVP. I mean, I went Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I did as well. I yeah. did. Where I was just and... like, I, I, we've seen the worst version of this movie, even by Spielberg himself, with Lost World. Even though it's not a bad movie, but like, it's still got it's some him. moments. Yeah, it's still has some moments. But when you see all the other movies, the other Jurassic movies that are not by him, and even to a very, very minor extent, Dial of Destiny, where I'm like, when it's not Spielberg doing a Spielberg property, it's not the same, man. It's just a little depressing. Even if it's still handled somewhat well, it's just not the same. For sure. All right, Peaks and Valley. All right, Jack, you ready for my questions? Here we go. Yep. All right, is this the peak for denim t-shirts and denim shirts in movies? Denim, it, denim clothing in movies. I'm trying to think. I mean, it's the, it was the, the 90s, so they didn't have yeah. it after this, really. <laughs> I'm trying to. I don't, I don't remember. I don't even remember seeing another one after this. Yeah. If I just look up denim shirts in movies, I'm just gonna look it up. So what the first thing is? Oh, Brokeback Mountain, though. That that they did say that. That is what pops up. That could pop up. 
I think that would be number uh, two then. 40, 40 iconic denim moments in movie history by, wow, by Wrangler. All right. They, they, these are the these, <laughs> these are the experts. These are the experts. Oh, John Wayne, the stagecoach. Well, okay, that's before. Is this in order? Grace Kelly in rear window. Well, this is jeans as well. So she but she's wearing Oh yeah, yeah. Well, not she cheese, but she's she wearing does. like denim something in there. Okay, okay. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, I was like, she, know, like, it's one of the sequences where she's not in the in like the okay. nice dress. They, she has like they, one or two sequences the out Edith of the dress. Ed yeah. Jake, jeans, Jake Joe in the hall and broke back mountain where he's wearing denim shirt and jeans. And like, that is and all these other ones are Brad Pitt once upon a time in Hollywood, but he only wears that for a little bit. He's killing it in that one, but he's only wearing it for a short while. Yeah. So I would, so we would say top three at least. For, I'd say this is a, a peak because the other ones don't reach it, but they're they're still good. Yeah. Or, is this or, the peak for Barbus? Back to the Future. Marty wears denim. Ooh. Oh, that's yeah, true. That's it's it, it, Back to it, the Future. Yeah. That's sorry. That's okay. It. I was like, damn. Uh, uh, is this the peak for Barbasol shaving cream? Yeah. Um. In terms of positive advertising, I don't know, but in terms of overall <laughs> brand presence, sure. For that, sure. Is this the, the is this the peak for uh, theme parks in movies? Yeah, I'd say so. Well, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because we got three ninjas at High Noon and Magic Mega Mountain. That's a, that's one that to take place in a theme park. What? Did you just say three ninjas? Three ninjas, high noon, and Mega Mountain, or something like that. That's what it's called. It came out in 1998. Okay, you, were, okay. you said high noon, and I was like, "That's not taking you, place in an interview." You just, you just spoke Chinese to me at that point, right there. I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> um, what about theme? Is this the P for theme park innovations? Theme park innovation in terms of like. It's not no rides. It's literally dinosaurs you're selling. So they did create a whole it new thing a, just to sell. Literally a themed park. So yeah, <laughs> I would say that in terms of innovation, they're not just selling the same thing. They're really selling a whole new thing. That's true. I got and I got two more. Um, is this to pee for dinosaurs? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Now who, who, dinosaur? You have dinosaur centric movies. Yes, but what is my favorite movie with dinosaurs in them? Toy Toy Story, King Kong. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's true. Okay, all right, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's good. Uh, and finally, this is a good conversation. If you guys say no, is this the peak for Steven Spielberg? And it's 1993, but I say yes. Yeah, probably. His well, the overall year, yes. Then yeah, because yeah, single year, yeah, but also like you know, I mean eight. I think he's the, at the, the eight, peaks of his powers here. Yeah. Like like he's able to make a blockbuster and an art film. And they're yeah. still called in the same considered year. his best ones. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. it's it's definitely this, but also like that 81, 82 stretch of Great That's Raiders, my number two ET, with e- and then he's also kind of beginning to put Amblin as like, you know, Getting people like Bob Zemeckis, yeah. like Zemeckis to get going with Back to the Future and all that kind of stuff. That's true. Yeah, the his producing game was a major. Me, I mean, he got Gremlins off the ground too, so that's like props for that. Um, all right, what do you got, Jack? All right. um, is this the peak for welcome lines in movies? 
Ooh. Welcome to Shawshank that's is good, another that's one a good that one. comes to mind. Yeah. Um, welcome to the party, pal, I guess you could say is maybe up there. Uh, I think it's this. It's probably yeah. this, and it's also boosted with, you know, the whole scene and the score, too. Um, is this peak Spielberg directing directors? Because we also have we also yeah. have Truffaut in Close Encounters and David Lynch in The Fablemans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm trying to think uh, of it. Adam I mean, I love David Lynch and the Fablemans, but I think it's Adam yeah. yeah. I think it's this. Um, yeah. This is going to be a fun convo. It, it, there's a lot of things that we can discuss, but in terms of just, like, the ingenuity that went into, like, the decisions with these, is this the peak sound design in movie? Like combining things to make sounds, like a howler. Yes, sounds. This is why the sound mixing branch should still be or category should still be alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Star Wars is obviously up there. You know, I think. I, I think, think yes. Song, you know, combining lions and tigers. Uh, there's a lot up there. This I th- is definitely yeah. one of the ones for sure. I think yes, because we didn't know what dinosaur sounds was like yeah, when they made this yeah, movie. That's true. So, and, it's, it's, yeah. and I this and this, and ironically, Spielberg does this with animals, and then he does it with a human in 2012 with Lincoln, because no one knows how he sounded like. <laughs> and then when you hear DDL, well, <laughs> you discredit DDL for that one, but yeah, <laughs> that is but true. It's true, true. But it's true. true. It's true. Um, this one I think is just easy. I I think this is the peak for Jeff Goldblum. Uh, no, no, the fly. Yeah, yeah, it's the fly for okay. me. Uh, Best performance yeah. too, I think. The fly. And then, yeah. and then lastly, if it's not this, I think there's one other obvious answer. Is this the peak for movie logos? Oh man, um, I th- I think I don't even I, I love it. But I know, I know Star Wars one mm-hmm. I, because I, I, because of letters. I love it, but it's not. Even my number one Spielberg logo. I mean, what the logo? My favorite logo of a movie of his. It's literally the emblem logo now. So it's ET. Yeah, it's true. Okay. I, I was for, oh, it is ET. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. I, the the one the one that came to mind that I think beats it is Ghostbusters. Yeah, like movie logos of all the, time. The, or yeah, Spielberg mo- movie logos. Movie like the. Oh, I thought we were just talking about Spielberg no, movie, as a whole. Movie, like no movie logos. Like no, it, it's go- it's Ghostbusters. Say, and even still, I'm, I can't say I'd say. Well, that that's the Amblin logo, but I don't know. Like the the Ghostbusters and the Jurassic Park. Like those are just pictures on their own at this point, and like you don't even the oh, yeah. the the other one that doesn't get talked about. We will talk about it next year because it's an anniversary. Is the uh, the Batman logo in '89. Because they just mar- they didn't put a name of the movie at all mm-hmm. on the poster. It's sure. just they just threw the and then when they, when it hit Times Square, it wasn't a name. It was just the bat logo. So yeah. I think that needs to the be bat the bat signal. Then, I guess yeah. The bat signal, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good one, Jack. That's a really good it's one. A good one. Uh, Valley for me, I just have like Laura Dern and Steven Spielberg and here too. Ooh. Sur- surround sound. Spielberg pretty much invested VFX. in its like creation kind of for this movie. So. Mm-hmm. Just kind of that whole idea. And we, I guess that could be another conversation for Peak, I guess. Is this the Peak movie to test out your sound system with at home? 
Yes, I love <laughs> see, well, this. I crank this fucker this up really loud when I watch. Mad Max, I always thought was that Fury one. Fury Road, yeah. Fury Road, yeah. That's the, yeah. Top, one of the Top Gun movies is probably up that there. one. I think I tried it at somebody's house. Gravity is amazing. It oh, that's a good one That too. one's doing some weird shit with the sound in that one, and you could get some real weird ones, but it's not the most sound, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. How about this? One more peek. Is this peak Dean Cundy for you? I think it's no. I think it's, ho- it's, it's probably that Hall- 80s Halloween, horror run. Yeah. That 70s, 80s horror run. I, I mean, yeah. It's just like, I mean, the the door shot is kind of just all I need for it to be, for for, the, for my answer to be Halloween in his case. Yeah. Too bad he didn't do much of anything after this. I mean, well, no, he did Apollo. He did Apollo 13. Never mind. I'm yeah. way off base here. All right. So after Apollo 13, yeah, then he goes off. It's pretty wild. I've met him. I've had conversations oh, wow. with him just because, like, of all the other stuff. Because people, people where I met him, it's a, it's a horror con, so people talk are talking to him about like oh, yeah. horror movies. But obviously, like, I'm like, bro, like, your role with Apollo 13, Jurassic Park, it's just like you are a machine. Back to the and future. I pretty yeah, much, just, like, just killing it in those eras. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you didn't win an Oscar. It's pretty wild. Did he ever get nominated? Even, even, he wasn't even up for Apollo 13, I think. Which is crazy. Was, uh, I thought he was. The only nom- so. nomination she's ever gotten is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Wow. <laughs> Wait for And that one's more like for cinematography. Yeah, it's the only wow, one he's ever okay. gotten. I was going to say, I know Never. that one VFX. Oh, that's wild. Cinematography yeah. is crazy. So he got, a, he got a BAFTA and an ASC for nomination for Apollo 13, but he didn't get the Oscar. Man, the Oscars just did the, not love that I movie. hate it. Yeah. Man. No <laughs> Ron Howard and no this. And that. That's why we have to give Ron Howard for a beautiful mind because we're too dumb to not give him for Apollo 13. This if it makes you feel better, if another movie from 95 was there, Apollo 13 probably wouldn't have won. Oh, <laughs> it didn't get a single nomination. You can't be pulling that multiverse at us. Oh, <laughs> it's I'm, a great not movie multiverse, course, but you can't pull that. Has there ever what? been a there has been a movie to get in for just Best Picture? That's right, right? Um, no, there I don't is, think so. Was it Grand I, I, I Hotel or whatever? Oh no, we won the best picture. Yeah. yeah, never mind, never mind. Yeah, I don't think so. We've had people with lone directors, so Michael Mann could be up there. How about that? Man, that movie should. For that. It should, it whatever. should, but don't pull that multiverse that on me when it doesn't get a single nomination. You know, Apollo 13 was a barnstormer right there. Yeah, but you're right. We wouldn't have gotten a beautiful mind, and we probably got in. That's why maybe I, David Lynch could have won his Oscar in 2000. When we did our best and worst Oscar wins of all time, that's why I had Ron Howard winning as like the worst one because of what could it, we have Mel Gibson winning an Oscar, and then Ron Howard winning yeah. an Oscar over all the other ones. It's like just give Ron for Apollo, and then you could give it to Robert Altman, David, David Lynch, Lynch, Ridley Scott, Peter Jackson, literally all those guys, and like, and yet. Now that you bring that up, bullshit. You have a very, va- it's very valid point. I think now I'm now I'm now I'm sad because Lynch probably would have won for for Mulholland Drive. That one, yeah. Oh, that's the thing. So like angry. all those, it would have been him. It could have been anybody for like one of their best movies or or iconic ones ish. Altman did Gosford Park right that year. Right? Gosford Park. It was it was just like six nomination for it. so it's like you know gotta win at some point. And here. it won and it won screenplay. Yeah, right? it's a great movie. Uh, did I tell you I, re- I saw that recently? You, you saw it somewhat ago. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, holding hope here. I liked it more when it was called Downton Abbey. <laughs> That's what I said. This is Knives Out, Meat Downton Abbey. It's it's good. 
I the, oh also um, I had peak um yeah. Rick Carter as production designer for Ooh. Spielberg, where he's Ooh, he did yeah. all the Back to the Future movies. Uh, he did Jurassic Park, Forrest Gump. Then he did like AI, The Polar Express, Avatar, War Horse, Lincoln, The Force Awakens, Rise of Skywalker's, The Fablemans. Like, man's killing it. Man's killing it. For sure. So and then, yeah, any other va- any other valleys? Uh, well, I guess I mean, we unfortunately say dinosaur movies here too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. That's that's Spielberg though in general, where it's like I'm gonna do an alien movie. He creates, like, he creates the bill and then just nobody. He creates knows. the peaks and the valleys. That's him. Where it's just like <laughs> I'm gonna do a shark movie. Okay, no one's ever gonna do a shark movie ever again. And I'm gonna do a kid in an alien movie. They'll still do it, but it won't be as good. I'm gonna do an. Uh, a D-Day movie. No one's ever going to do D-Day again. I'm going to do a Holocaust movie. No one's going to do a Hollywood Holocaust movie like that. So it's like... I will say, in 1994, the year after Jurassic Park, we got probably the second best dinosaur movie of all time. Tammy and the T-Rex. It's a horror movie. Shut the fuck up. Sure it is. No Tammy and the, the T-Rex slaps. Yeah. Nah, that movie's, yeah. Depra- that movie's too sad, man. <laughs> What's... I have no interest in ever watching the. I'm, I'm not even showing Harley the Land before time. That is some depressing ass yeah. movies. Uh, obviously, um, we answered this question. I said peak Spielberg double year, where he's got. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I don't even know what the second place is. Probably Minority Report and Catch Me If You Can. That's too good. That's a really good year. Yeah. Not uh the uh the BLG and. Uh, that wasn't the What's s- the other movie? No, nah, it wasn't the same year. BFG and the Post wasn't that the same year? No, nah, they were no, split. 16 and 17. 16 and 17. Yeah, that one. That's the weird movie in his filmography that I didn't. I still like, have, people look at Tintin, but I'm like, BFG. I still haven't watched the I BFG fuck... yet either. It's not good. Oh, that's kind of uh There's a couple other double Spielberg years. War of the yeah. Worlds in Munich. That's a hunter year right there. I, uh, I, I like War of the Worlds I, is pretty damn good. Like the first forty-five minutes of War of the Worlds is like a tier Spielberg, I think, and it it goes off a cliff pretty quickly. But like that first, while well, it was like scary as shit, I thought when I watched it. Yeah, uh, Munich is great. I agree with Hunter. Munich's... I don't like I don't like War of the Worlds there, too much. Def- now that I'm actually looking at it, there's definitely a trend with the Spielberg double releases. There's always like the historical one, and then there's like the fun one. Like you've there's got the, the one he made during post production on the big one. Basically, you got Tintin and War Horse. You got Always and Last Crusade. You've got yeah. Amistad and the Lost World. That's uh, that's the value right there. Is that that one's like Neh. yeah, he tries to like, <laughs> fine fine movies, but so yeah. It's basically he's making. Didn't he have one in 2018? Sagan? With Ready Player One? Nope. He had Ready Player One and something else. Well, no, he didn't do anything the, else until West Side. The post was like December 2017, and Ready Player One came out in March. So they're like, uh, not, they're like yeah. three months apart, but they're not the same year. So it's close enough. It's basically he makes a big movie, and while the visual effects are being done, he just goes and makes a small movie. Like that's what he did for the post. Alrighty. He went and made that in like two months, and it's a masterpiece. All right, so let's finish this up with some fun facts about the movie. Uh, the movie and book generated so much interest in dinosaurs. The study of paleontology had a record increase in students. Number two, Michael Cry intended John Hammond to be a dark Walt Disney. I did not see that because he seems like the nicest man. But he's he's he is Walt Disney in terms of like dark. I think he's Walt Disney if Walt Disney was selling dinosaurs. 
Luckily, Walt yeah, Disney was just that's... selling harmless stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Big Jim stated that he wanted to make this movie, but the rights were bought a few hours before he could bid upon the the rights. Upon seeing the movie, Cameron realized that Spielberg was the better choice than him to well, make the movie. Compared to like a Tim Burton one or a Joe Dante, James Cameron's Jurassic Park would be really interesting and also probably really good. For sure. Uh, number four, the groundbreaking effects were the highest point of praise from critics. Here we go. You ready, Jack? Here we go. Uh, Stanley Kaufman wrote that it made King Kong look like something from a Macy's Day parade. Okay. So, fuck you. That's like what? That, like, well, we hear people today being like, oh, this horror movie, yeah, it makes, like, it makes Alien look like a half hour after school special. Boo. But Spielberg's coming to rescue you, Mister. Yeah, I was gonna say, he, I, I know he would, he would, he would not tolerate Steven, the slander. He would not do it. Steven Spielberg wanted the T Rex roar to sound exactly like the King Kong roar. Okay, see, he, so this uh, is why Spielberg has had a TCM right here. This is yeah. why, or not, not head of it, but he's like uh, programming. This is why. Spielberg's gone on record to say that 1933's King Kong is actually one of the biggest influences for him making. The movie, and, I, and I'm sure that so. was the same for like Winston and Tippett and all those guys because people forget this. We're gonna talk about it much yeah. more come October, but this right here that was the ripple and effect, baby. Spielberg's King Kong instead of Peter Jackson's, which I like Peter Jackson's quite a bit, but if you had Spielberg's King same Kong, here. that would have been something. Oh, uh, this was a time on screen time fact that I found interesting. Despite being called Jurassic Park, the dinosaurs only have fifteen minutes of screen time. Yeah. Nine minutes are Stan Winston's animatronics, and six minutes are the the CGI. Uh, that means eleven percent of the film is actually dedicated to the dinosaurs. And, and I, I guess going going back to Kong, I mean, you want to talk about holding off on the big star? I mean, the t- the kind of build up to the T Rex is kind of reminiscent of the way holding off until Kong and just how he enters. So I'm sure there is definitely influence there along with Jaws, which I know you already mentioned. Uh, Steven Spielberg received $250 million from the movie's gross and profit pro- uh, participations. Yeah. I think he made out. Okay. There we are. Uh, Spielberg changed the climax of the film before the end of the shoot, he saw early VFX footage of the first two T-Rex sequences. He realized that more was possible. The original cl- climax involved the raptors being killed by a T-Rex skeleton, not the actual T-Rex. Uh, this works much, yeah. much, much better. Um, the Dilophosaurus never walks because it was difficult to get weight shifting on the animatronic, right? That's why the seat, which actually helps the sequence in the car. Oh, he just keeps just keeps showing up. We actually never see it walk. Yeah, it just we, shows we, we up. Only yeah. have, we only have the POV. We have like the POV shot of it going up to Nedry, and it just like kind of going yeah. past in like the brushes. But... Okay, that's pretty good. There was a whole subplot in the novel regarding Dennis Nedry and the reason for betraying the park. Thank you. It, it, exactly. Nine out of other nine out of ten other movies would have yeah. that reason in there. I, I bet. I, yeah. I think if you have, I think if you have just Wayne Knight, you're like, I think he's just an asshole, or a little like yeah. a little, Same a little here, like man. a shrimp kind of guy. Like I get it, just based on the casting. Like I get it. I know. So Nedry is actually not an employee of Hammond. 
but he was subcontracted by him to create the park security team. When Hammond cheats on Nedry's pay, Nedry tries to sue, but Hammond instead creates a smear campaign, make, making Nedry lose customers. In the end, he is forced to work with Hammond for a fraction of his pay. The company Nedry was selling the embryos was also trying to clone dinosaurs, but were way uh, behind in gen. So Nedry's move was sort of payback in the end. Jeez, this makes everybody an asshole. Like, Hammond's really an asshole now. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, before Spielberg, this is a Jack one. Uh, prepare the thumbs snap. Uh, before Steel, Spielberg wanted to use animatronics, uh, he wanted to use stop motion animation for the dinosaur and actually had Phil Tippett put together a demo of the kitchen scene using claymation dinosaurs. Mm. Are, and then there's the you might have this too but then there's like the story of him actually seeing the cgi dinosaurs and he essentially is just like oh no i'm out of a job but they essentially yeah. they but they essentially had their the cgi and practical effects teams just cross train each other and just become one whole well-oiled machine and it definitely worked out i'm glad Tippett didn't get axed because then he was brought on as like what like the di dinosaur supervisor or something like that yeah know? it's just the all-star the last team. couple the last couple before the last fact is actually my favorite stuff the casting stuff so a spielberg alum was actually offered the role of john hammond but turned it down mr sean connery oh yeah was it is Harrison Ford up for Grant? Grant wasn't he? I, was say I think he was. Which would have been uh, too? It's too obvious. I didn't get him. I got a few more. I don't even think it was a like it wasn't sure, even considered. Sure I think it was, it was just like I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was pitched as like a nicety, like you know, be like it'd be yeah. a rule for me to not just be like, hey, I got this dinosaur movie. You want it? If that you want or, or the studio execs were like, we'll just get Harrison Ford, and Spielberg's like. Just like the that. Robert, like, he was like the Robert Redford of like the sixties and seventies. Like, well, we gotta yeah. be him at least. <laughs> gotta try. For, for Ellie, we had Sandra Bullock, Gwyneth Paltrow, Julianne Moore, Helen Hunt, Terry Hatcher, Elizabeth Hurley, and another Twin Peaks alum, Sherilyn Finn. All tested for Ellie. Hmm. In Sherilyn yeah. Finn would have been like been like too young i feel like how this was like uh she'd be well no uh laura Dern was in her i think mid-20s oh, okay yeah yeah mm. so and then sherilyn was probably i think be like mid to late 20s oh okay. it was like okay. three years after i think it was three years after twin peaks know, so maybe mid-20s she's playing a high schooler in twin peaks that i'm like it was like that idea was jarring but mm. yeah for malcolm Michael Keaton, Bruce Campbell, Johnny Depp, <laughs> Ted Danson, Steve Gutenberg, and Michael J. Fox were all screen tested. Bruce Campbell? Money, I, my friend. Money. I, I, I would not trade it for the world, but I would adore to see those screen tests. I'm sure, I feel like he could probably pull off that kind of charisma. Not to the same Goldblum degree, but... Yeah. It'd be a fun alternate choice, I would say. Bruce Campbell is some doctorate Maybe not, but it'd be still fun. <laughs> yeah. For Alan Graham, we had Dennis Quaid, oh, yeah. Kevin sense. Costner, makes sense. Mel Gibson, yeah. and Robin Williams were all considered. I think Kevin Robin uh, Williams. That I wouldn't have liked. Loved that one. You did hook. It, it, I think it, Den it, Dennis Dennis thought. Quaid would have been fine. Dennis Quaid. Who was the second one you said? Uh, Kevin Costner. He's just Costner. too much on the no He's too much on the nose. Yeah, like, that makes he's... that makes so much sense. He, he, he'd be yeah, he'd be good. That Dennis Quaid or Costner, that'd be good. 
I like Sam Dillon. And then the other two that were considered for Hammond were Clint Eastwood and Marlon Brando. But that was Do- Island. We're getting close to Island with Doctor yeah, Moreau, Marlon Brando. I don't want any. There, I didn't want him Brando anywhere near the this. Godfather. He dips and then he comes back up in the '80s, and now he's back to the dip at this point. So I was like, yeah, but yeah, I guess um, Spielberg could do it. I think if he could do it, Clint Eastwood is like this is height of Clint Eastwood star power, like. Like that fresh off of the, un- it would be another director. Yeah, yeah this is this is like this is unforgiven king of the world, Clint Eastwood at this moment. So I that'd be weird, Hammond guy. And then James Cameron has actually said in an interview who he would have casted in his roles. So, <laughs> as Grant, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh <laughs> All right, done. Don't care anymore. Not not that I don't like Arnold as, Schwarzenegger, but it's not as funny. Not it's not as interesting anymore. <laughs> As Malcolm, Bill Paxton. Of, of course. Okay. Yeah. So he's just bringing probably, the band back together is what he's doing. And, it, and as ha- Hammond, Charlton Heston. Now. That, that actually that's good, actually, though. That's, that's, good that's pretty good. That's pretty like good. That. Who, no, no one has Ellie? Sigourney Weaver? Just bring her no, back? Bring the whole probably band? Sigourney. Who, who, played, uh, who played Ramirez in Aliens? Whoever oh, was, yeah. It was also uh, in a bunch yeah. of Cameron movies. Yeah. Uh, I forgot her name, but yeah. I know you're talking Char- about. Charlotte has to um, be pretty good, though. That, yeah, that's a good casting. Last two. In summer of 2020, Jurassic Park actually was the number one movie at the box office again. Hey, I, w- I wonder who. I helped. <laughs> you ready. Six dollars at a time, because there's there's quite a few people, and I went and saw it too because they're like nothing else to nothing watch. Else, yeah, it actually beat another Spielberg film at the box office that weekend, Jaws. Oh yeah, Jaws was up there. Yeah, I didn't see Jaws when it, when it was there. I don't know why. And finally, according to Fandango, it would cost twenty three twenty three trillion. Four hundred thirty-two billion, four hundred million. No, I'm sorry. Twenty-three billion, four hundred thirty-two million, four hundred thousand to build a real-life Jurassic Park. One point five billion for the cost of the park itself. Uh, Ten billion to purchase an island off the coast of Costa Rica, with sixty-six square miles of land. Eight million for research and legal team. Nine million for harvesting the dinosaur DNA. Eight point five billion for overhead and clone dinosaurs for the DNA. Eleven billion a year. Thirty-two million dollars per day for employee payroll and operations budget. Two hundred million a year for dinosaur food budget. In total, the estimated yearly operating expenses for Jurassic Park to actually stay open on top of being built is 11.9 billion dollars so i understand why they wanted to make like 1500 dollars tickets then okay yeah <laughs> i mean disney probably makes that easy yeah yeah year. but this, yeah. this also goes into what's it called what's the second jurassic world called fallen kingdom uh where they're doing the dinosaur auction uh yeah that's why they cost so much no they cost way too little way too little the first dinosaur cost ten million dollars. These auctioned off for. Dylan Brooks just got twenty million dollars a year in the NBA yesterday. He's trash. He's trash. Twenty yeah, million a year, I, and you can get a dinosaur Dylan, for half that price. The most touche. The the single highest price. So the Indominus Rex, twenty million dollars. Would you rather have a trash basketball player for one year or the ultimate killing machine? Which would you rather have? I'll take the ultimate. Exactly. Killing it could probably play basketball as well. 
It's that good. I, I'd probably take Jack over Dylan Brooks for honestly, Jack. I'll give you twenty million dollars. There you go. This is I, I'm ready to negotiate our podcasting contracts here, Dave. Actually, seriously, <laughs> twenty million for a buyout. That's fine. I'll, yeah, I'll, these I'll, I'll, sure. I'll, buy, I'll buy a Dilophosaurus and there you go. <laughs> more like the dog than the rattlesnake. The the, 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 the sure. prices in the Jurassic Park universe are crazy in terms of theme park prices and then dinosaur prices is. and on top of that where do you even stay i didn't even realize that like there, there I don't, they, there's like no hint of, they, haven't been, get, they haven't built that yet they haven't I built guess. the resort yet no yeah <laughs> for sure all right so that wraps everything up this was a fun discussion uh one of spielberg's best and most entertaining movies this uh next week uh the month of july should be fun so next week it's a, D- a big Dave pick. It's the 15th anniversary of the greatest comic book film of all time, The Dark Knight. Uh, then the following week of the Jack pick, we're going to talk about Mission Impossible. We're also going to talk about Risky Business, and we're also going to draft Tom Cruise films. Um, that should be... Can't wait to draft Cocktail. Just tell <laughs> you can have putting it. that out there you right now. You can have it. And then we'll finish up the month with a anniversary look at one of my favorite Jim Carrey films, The Truman Show. So that should be a fun month. Uh, so until next time, Jack, do you want to tell everyone they can find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Letterboxd. You can just look up my name. You'll find me there. Uh, you can also see all of us on the League of Cinephiles. Yeah, one more match in this big singles trivia tournament championship it's going to be a good match i'm sure uh and then i think we're wrapping up the season after that and then we'll be coming back for season four soon after awesome and mr freezer yeah, you can find me at the cinema dispatch on website on instagram on twitter and all those places got review for mission impossible coming up and excitement i'm going to start a little if I'm already not watching enough stuff, Christopher Nolan will do a little bit of rewatch for his stuff with Oppenheimer and the Dark Knight coming up for us. Me too. Yeah. Well, you'll, 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 you'll do it in a day. I'll do it begrudgingly or not <laughs> slowly over like three weeks and struggle <laughs> to get there. For sure. And then you can find me at the cinematic You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd under the same banner. And you can also find my work on Rotten Tomatoes. Until next week, see you at the movies, kids.